This podcast is brought to you by Voice and Vision, bringing help, hope, and healing to individuals, families, and communities affected by mental illness, addictions, and disabilities in southeastern Pennsylvania. Financial support for this podcast is provided by a Veterans Trust Fund grant from the Pennsylvania Department of Military and Veterans Affairs. Welcome to Untold Valor, a podcast with a unique focus on veterans, featuring stories of courage, recovery, perseverance, and strength. Listen to hear veterans share their perspectives on what it's like to battle mental health challenges, combat addictions, and overcome other adversities unique to those who have served. Welcome to another edition of the podcast, and joining me on this episode is John Schaefer. We're going to talk a little bit about his experience in the military, as well as just outside of the military, going through the experiences that that vets deal with and, and community and, and just kind of getting a another hands-on look at what those experiences look like for, for real-world applications. And so, John, thanks for being here on the podcast with me. I certainly appreciate your time here on uh, Untold Valor uh, from Voice and Vision. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well, Mark. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Yeah, absolutely. I always started off really simple. Just uh, kind of give us a little bit about you. Um, you know, uh, what branch were you in? How long did you serve? All those good kinds of things. So I was in the Army, paratrooper. I went to war with the 82nd Airborne. I went in on September 11th, left my house on September 11th of 2000. So exactly one year to the day before the towers. I was celebrating one year in when the towers were hit. It was kind of a crazy uh, story that morning, Yeah, uh, as it was for everyone. But uh, my unit was on uh, what's called DRF-1 status or Division Ready Force 1 status, which means we were on a uh, one-hour recall. So we were the quick reaction force for the United States at the time, uh, which means you had one hour to be anywhere, have all your stuff ready. So you can go within 18 hours, your wheels up anywhere in the world. So it was a unique uh, kind of position to be in on that day. But yeah, so I was Army, um, went went to 82nd after a stint in Georgia, um, HHC, 75th Ranger Regiment. And then I was in for, I got out active duty in 2003. And then I was completely, uh, completely out for good in 2008. Okay. Okay. So, you know, and obviously, wow, this, I'm still kind of stunned by the whole one year, you know, prior to the tower incident. And it's pretty amazing. Um, so I imagine that hit you, you know, pretty hard as well on, uh, on that day. So a lot of the point of we, what we do with the podcast here is talking about helping veterans and, and especially veterans who struggled uh, either during service or after service, whether it's, you know, mental health issues or, uh, drug or alcohol or whatever the case might be. But a lot of times it's just getting help and finding, asking for help or, or reaching out to others. And obviously there's a camaraderie within, uh, you know, those who serve, but there's also their stigma, right? That's attached to, you know, just 100%. asking for help. And, and so I know that you also spent some time, uh, you worked with the Delaware County Department of Military Affairs. And I really kind of just want to focus more on your personal uh, story and relationship, if that's okay with you. 100%. So what what did you, did you find any kind of struggles or challenges when you were, yourself were in, whether you struggled yourself with an actual issue, did you see that from, you know, from other guys you were serving with, uh, just kind of that, like I said, I guess that stigma of saying you can see somebody struggling and they're not sure who to turn to or where to turn to, things of that nature, whether it was during or after service. So I, w- I will say that during, uh, didn't really observe that. And that's something that I found with uh, virtually everyone. I mean, unless you get into um, some really, really extended time and service mm-hmm. uh, situations. But I mean, during, no, I mean, everybody was uh, in the, the role that I was in, the job that I was in, we were all, we were all just kind of wrapped up in what we were doing. You know, there was a, there was a culture, 
there certainly wasn't a culture of asking for help while we were in. Right. Um, and it's, it's not, I'm not saying, I'm not commenting like whether that's positive or negative. I mean, there was a suck it up and drive on culture. You know, you didn't, you didn't whine and complain. You just got things done. Exactly. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of that missing in today's society, to be honest. So I don't want to condemn that outlook. I think that there's, it's not a good approach when you're talking about someone who's struggling uh, mentally in particular, but right. I think in general, the notion of just being tough and being uh, robust and resilient as an individual is, is something that's sorely lacking in today's society. So there's pros and cons to the approach. But while I was in, um, no, there, there wasn't much. I mean, there were some isolated incidents of people who were having some issues, but those were more issues that uh, were pre-existing. You know what I mean? Where yeah. someone had just didn't belong there in the first place and not, not any mark against them. It's just that they, uh, they probably shouldn't have been there and they weren't really cut out to have, to have been there. But as far as, uh, I think more what you're referring to or is like the PTSD side of the fence and, uh, yeah. you know, having, having seen things or done things and, and then having dealing with the aftermath of that. I mean, I know when I was in, I started, it was, I was in Afghanistan when I started having dreams and, you know, they, they weren't anything that was, were terribly disruptive at that point, but they were, uh, you know, they were, they were there. And then that, that kind of evolved over the years and many years after I'd been out to where I had, uh, you know, we kind of called them, called them what they were at that point. But no, so while I was in, there wasn't so much of that, but, uh, since getting out, I, I don't really know many that have been to war that don't have any kind of issues. And I always joke with people that, um, I kind of checked every box, you know, like the, the stereotype for, uh, for what I did and what my, my job was is, we had some uh, stereotypes that were associated with us about our extracurricular activities and right. what we did and yeah. what types of mates we selected and uh, uh, all that kind of stuff. So I've, I've kind of checked that box, checked all those boxes, all the things that you could do that the, uh, the PTSD combat vet does when he gets out. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah my best friend, uh, definitely in the same exact boat. Uh, actually, he was 82nd Airborne as well. So uh, certainly oh, I'm fr- very familiar with what you're talking about in, in that regards. And, and actually, we, we do a lot of different things together outside. Uh, he's been out for a number of years as well. And I found that he really enjoys and, and for himself, I think he gets um, I think he gets some of his personal uh, relief or exercises his own personal demons, if you will, through helping others. And so is that something that you've, uh, you've been experiencing and doing as well? Yeah, honestly, I mean, I, I never knew how to fix myself, but I always had a knack for helping others. You know, <laughs> he said the same exact thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I noticed that years ago and, um, you know, I, I went through different pockets. I'm actually, I'm doing quite well now. I'm very, very happy with where my life is, but, uh, several years ago, you know, I was, I was really struggling. I've had a couple of very severe lows, over the last uh, decade in particular. And they were all kind of, there was a you know catalyst that took place a little more than 10 years ago to kind of set those things in motion. But yeah, I mean, I, I, along the way, I mean, I could be at my absolute lowest, but I was still, still working to help others. Yeah. And um, if I found a vet that, that needed something, I, it gave me something to do. <laughs> I mean, that's something to do. I always had things to do. I have kids and everything, but uh, like purpose in that moment, you know what I mean? And so I was, uh, I would go through a lot to, to help individuals and and yeah so helping others was was what it was about and still is to this day well finding that purpose i think and that's one of the reasons we're doing the podcast with the team from voice and vision uh and compere core they really do a great job and we'll have some resources uh some things at the end of the podcast we'll we'll let people know ways they can get in contact but i think that asking for help or finding some help or you know just kind of i mean nonprofits are doing a lot of great work like these folks here so did you mm-hmm. find those kinds of services helpful to you in in that uh in that journey of your own 
I know I'm familiar with Compere Core through my old uh, employment. I had met Olga uh, a couple of years back. Olga's fantastic. It's a great organization. There are uh, many good, you know, uh, 501c3s and nonprofits out there uh, for sure. Uh, as far as my own involvement, I've had some some peripheral involvement with some, and then I've I've dealt with them in a more direct capacity with uh, with where I used to work. And uh, I can say that they they do a wonderful job of uh, kind of filling the gaps that are left in what benefits or whatever are available through the government, whether the feds or the state. And uh, there's some great resources available from the federal government, and the state government. Problem is the uh, the administrations that uh, facilitate them, you know, and that's uh, that's largely the the red tape idea, the bureaucracy idea. This is stuff that anybody that's been in the military is all too familiar with, and it's part of the stigma and the reason why. I mean, I didn't get veterans benefits for 13 years after I came home from war because I couldn't be bothered with dealing with bureaucracy. And uh, that's a problem. Mm. You know what I mean? And I'm not, I'm certainly not crying a sad song about it. It was my own decision, but I had no, no desire to deal with the VA. Not when you got people that are, you know, all the horror stories that you hear about the VA. And, and I'll be honest with you, some of them are unfounded and untrue or, uh, you know, blown out of proportion, but some of them are, are dead on accurate. And that's the problem. Anytime you have taxpayer dollars go into something where people are going to be funded, no matter what, you know, performance isn't always, isn't always the highest, uh, highest priority. And uh, so that's where the nonprofits shine. In my opinion, it's just anytime you have something privatized, that's not federal or state, even for that matter, it's not contingent on having an administration in place that actually cares yeah, uh, because you, if you don't have that with a five hundred one c three, you don't have a you don't have a company, you don't have a business. They just they just don't succeed, you know. So, so yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty. I, I mean, we mentioned I mentioned before we started uh, recording that you know analogy I used. Actually, our state rep said this a couple of years back, and I appropriated it from him. It's just a <laughs> fancy way of saying I stole it. Right. right. But uh, yeah, I uh, he said there was like a. Vets benefits were like a, an island full of Corvettes that are gassed up with the keys in the, in the ignition. And you can take them. They're free to take, but nobody tells you where the island is. <laughs> and uh, even if you knew where the island was, how the hell are you going to get there? You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, it's tricky. There's a lot of obstacles. But it's, it, I mean, there are many, many services available, uh, many resources. Again, all of the nonprofits that are available. And then if you have good people, I can 100% say, I said I wouldn't really comment on my former employment. but. Um, you know, every county in, in Pennsylvania, at least, I'm not too familiar with the other states 100%, but every county in Pennsylvania has a, has a director of military and veterans affairs, and they have a county office. And I met some fantastic people across the state working in those roles. And uh, I know for Delaware County, there's still some fantastic people in that office that used to work for me. Um, so there's, you know, they're, they're, those are great resources to that people can lean on for the uh, for the federal benefits and the state benefits, but mm-hmm. as far as day-to-day life and the impact on your life, you know that's that's more of a, a personal personal thing that you're going to have to address. What what did you find more helpful in that aspect, then, John? We'll we'll take it that direction, I suppose. Uh, on the personal, did you find it, it was family, it was friends, it was community, nonprofits? What you know, what there? Honestly, community is is number one. You hit it. It's family, friends, all those things are important. You can have the most well-intentioned, well-meaning family members in the world, but uh, at the end of the day, if they're not combat veterans and you are, there, there's a there's going to be a barrier. There's going to be a gap. Uh, same thing with friends. I mean, I had a lot of good people around me. I was certainly fortunate to have those things, have those people in my life, but I didn't have people around me that really understood where I, what what I was dealing with or what I was going through. And you know, quite a few people 
aren't don't have that luxury of having people around them like that. So mm. the one thing that I've found is, is, uh, as I, I say, being around your own kind is incredibly important. And, um, you know, for me in the, the early days, it was a, it was a couple of Vietnam veterans. It was, uh, then I got involved with VFW. I was a commander of a VFW for three years. Uh, but meeting Korea vets and World War II vets and just people that, that understood. And then, you know, global war on terror vets that I later became friends with in, in my area. But yeah, community is, is a big thing. It's being around your own kind. And then uh, just creative outlets. Like for me, I believe that archetypes are a thing. Uh, when I was a kid, all I wanted to do was uh, shoot guns and play with uh, anything to do with, with weapons. I wanted to be John Rambo or right. John, John Matrix from uh, Commando, you know, so that's what I ran around and played. And, right. Uh, martial arts and guns and, you know, you name it, just being a warrior. I wanted to be some kind of commando. And so um, then, then, you know, you, you do all those things. It's like borrowing a phrase from a, a guy, Tyler Gray, who's a fantastic guy. Um, he says, you know, it talks about PTSD. He had coined a phrase called LTSD, which is lack of traumatic stress disorder. So the idea was that, you know, you get trained to be this lion and you learn how to do all these cool lion things and you get set loose to go do lion things. And then you come home and you're expected to be a domestic house cat. It doesn't really work like that. Mm. So uh, it's not that easy. Just throw a switch and not be that guy anymore. Right. So right. just being around people that understand, I mean, some of the stories just, uh, I mean, even just the, the type of stories that happen when you get a collection of individuals that have no problems jumping out of planes and shooting people together. And they just live together and they hang out even in their off time. The kind of things that you get into on the weekend are radically different than what your fantasy football playing friends are doing at home. Right. You know I mean? Yeah, for sure. So when you come home, it's uh, you kind of feel a disconnect. And so just finding the outlets like for me, it's, you know, just working out and jujitsu. And I'm now into uh, competitive shooting. It's an organization called USPSA. So it's just being able to scratch all those itches. And, uh, you know, those things are, are incredibly important. And I've found that those pieces staying physically fit strong body strong mind training and like i say jujitsu or, or shooting or whatever that's allows me to to be to be what what i believe my my archetype is and fulfill that and not just you know it, it, it's the idea that i don't have to conform to the society out here the society has to conform to and accept the idea that you know i'm a member i'm a member of a warrior class and throughout history there's civilizations have taken care of their warriors and honored them and you know we see that to an extent here and uh i know I, I can speak for for many when i say that none of us are looking for handouts or free lunch but uh you know just i like to say that you know everybody wants the guard dog when uh when there's a bad guy at the door or something like that but then they don't necessarily want the guard dog to sleep on the couch or be on the furniture or eat from the table and it's yeah. kind of like you know just remember hey if we uh we have a hiccup or we have some difficulties remember the good that we do, you know? Well, and I think that's where, you know, again, lots of organizations can come into hand, you know, come into play and help out. And you know, for many veterans, especially after, after service, they do struggle with asking for help or where to turn to. So I think that's some really mm -hmm. good advice there. Uh, you know, reaching out to community, family, friends, finding out other resources like the folks of voice and vision. Right. And, and so there's certainly lots of different things that you can do in that regard. Any message you'd like to share just personally, you know, uh, for other vets who might be listening to this, who, who are struggling, you know, warning where to turn or, or what to, uh, what next steps to take anything you might want to share just a personal message. Yeah, I mean, personally, anybody that's that's out there that would would be listening that is struggling or hasn't been uh, hasn't found it yet, 
I'll just call it it. Sure. Yeah. Know, it's great. Uh, yeah. Raise it. It's just that, you know, just remember, I don't know what the language parameters are here. So I apologize, but what, what a, what a bad, bad dude you are, a bad, bad gal you are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've been through a lot and, uh, especially speaking for somebody that's a, a combat veteran. I mean, you've, you've been through the most, uh, atrocious thing that a, a human being can experience and, uh, you're still here. So you don't let this stuff, uh, kick your butt. There's nothing out here that compares nothing, you know, and it's really easy to come out. And one of the most common things that I hear is like, Oh, war was so much easier than this. Mm. And, uh, war's not easier than this. War's simpler than this. And when I, when I say than this, I just mean, you know, civilian life. And if you feel that way, you feel that way because people, you don't feel that people understand you. And so you need, you need to get first, get around some people that understands you, but, you know, build your body, strong body, strong mind, be in motion. Objects in motion tend to stay in motion. So, uh, yeah, that's my message. You know, just take care of yourself, take care of your body and and find people like yourself. Yeah, absolutely. John, thank you so much for spending some time with us, sharing your story. Uh, you know, certainly everybody's story is different. Everybody's take on what they've gone through is different. Uh, and just finding those outlets. I mean, I think the creative outlets is a great idea. And then finding a resource that you can where you can just talk and get some of this stuff out. And again, that's one of the reasons we're doing the podcast is to share some of the information from the folks at Voice and Vision and, of course, uh, Compure Core. So we'll have some, again, we'll have some information going to pop up here as we wrap this up. So if you'd like to learn how to get in, t- in touch with them, uh, we'll have all that for you. Again, John Schaefer, thanks so much for your time. Certainly appreciate you. Thank you. My pleasure. You've been listening to Untold Valor by Voice and Vision. We hope you found the information and resources discussed today helpful. As always, thank you for listening and for your support. Remember to stay connected with us through our various social media platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Don't forget to visit the website, voiceandvisioninc.org. That's voiceandvisioninc.org, where you can sign up for our blog and find free resources and information on upcoming events, webinars, workshops, and get support. You can also access our free help and hope guide for individuals and families struggling with substance use and addiction. If someone you know is struggling, please reach out for help because you and your life matter. Remember, the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline is available to you at any time by dialing 988. We are all ambassadors of hope and recovery. And if you want to share your story, please contact us. Compure Corps is also looking for veteran mentor volunteers and veteran participants. To find out more information about Compure Corps, please call 610-541-0790. That's 610-541-0790. You can find all the links and contact information for the resources mentioned on today's episode by checking the description and the show notes section of your app. Thank you again for tuning in and for your support. Until next time, this has been Untold Valor.